What's up, everybody? This is the Betrayed, the Addicted, and the Expert. My name is Brandon, and I am the Expert. And I'm Ashlyn, and I was the Betrayed. And I'm Kobe, the Recovering Addict. What you're gonna get is three unique perspectives on recovery and tools for hope and healing. All right, so let's talk about perfectionism um, and what perfectionism is in, in an all or nothing mentality when it comes to recovery because an all or nothing mentality definitely does not work when it comes to recovery. It doesn't work for the addicted, I assure you. Or the betrayed. Yeah, it's 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 pretty maddening. Now, it does work for some things. It works it it works to motivate you to do things, right? But but the outcome of a perfectionism mentality, what how, what's the outcome of that? Madness. <laughs> Madness. Failure. But yeah, failure, shame. If I'm not, if I can't be perfect, then I'm going to fail. Give up. I'm, I, yeah, a, a huge case of the efforts. If you go do things out of shame, then no, no matter what you do, you could do really good things. Mm-hmm. You're going to create more shame, right? And so, so when you have that mentality, it's a fear-based mentality of I've got to be enough, so I've got to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to end up wallowing in a bunch of shame, Right. And so this all or nothing mentality really gets in the way of, of recovery and, and, and it feeds the roots of, of addiction because addiction says you, as an addict and as the betrayed most of the time, you're feeling like I'm not enough for sure. And then you got this all or, all or nothing mentality, but you're a human being, you're going to screw up, right? And so you're going to end up feeling more like you're not enough. That's like slamming your head against a wall for the betrayed and the addicted to say, Oh, human. I'm perfect. I'm going to prove that I'm, I'm enough because I'm perfect. Yeah. How, how was that for you in, what did it look like for you? The thoughts of perfection being all or nothing for, in, in, for, for you me personally yeah. or the way I viewed you? No, no, no. For you both. personally, you personally. Oh. Well, I was always perfect. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I guess I look at it more of a human thing, not just betrayal, because I, I looked at perfectionism in so many areas of my life. It wasn't just in, I'm going to heal myself from, not heal myself, heal with help mm-hmm. um, from betrayal trauma. I just, it's that whole perfectionism in, in motherhood, in parenting and all of it. And so for me, I would, um, it was that constant um, shame narrative in my head that's negative that was like, you aren't doing enough. like. I, I actually deleted the Pinterest app from my phone like over a year ago. I just, I'm not into that anymore. It made me crazy. And I was- Triggering shame over yeah. and over and over again. Yeah. yeah. And I was, I was the person who years ago, some of you don't realize this, but I shared nothing. Only the good, happy pictures and only the good, happy moments. And um, I threw really cool parties for my kids. And like, that's all you- you saw my my uh my brother's a therapist and no offense to to you uh social media <laughs> people but he calls in he calls instagram shamestagram <laughs> uh, <laughs> and what he's talking about is the people that will only post like how perfect life is you know how good it is and with all the filters you right hop, you hop on facebook and, and instagram and and you can just see what you don't have because comparison just goes. Yeah, what people are showing is how how perfect life is. Right. And yeah. So the, so the vexing part of this for me as the as the addicted and, and I and I really wanted I drove this topic because um it, it 
this was the thorn in my heel that I could never root out until I began to love myself, until my shame resilience really started to grow. And I realized that I wasn't, that, that I was defining myself off of an unattainable, unachievable measure, which was sobriety. Mm-hmm. And, and that was really the only, the only metric that I ever yeah. had to measure and how good I was. That's how I measured doing. it too, was he's either doing really good and perfecting his sobriety or he's failed and we're never going to make it. And, and, and this sets you up for so many problems. Why? Why it so? did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it sets you up because you're both focused on him. It's, it's a fear and control thing. You're focused on him controlling it to be good enough, right? It, rather than real recovery, real recovery is all real recovery. A person who is in recovery, they understand that they are perfect um, in their imperfections. Right. They're mm-hmm. perfect just the way they are. And so they don't have to have that fear and that control in order to show perfection to be enough. Right. And so I think you make a good point, Ashlyn, when when the the spouse or the family member or whomever is focused on the addict being sober enough in order for them to be good enough, mm-hmm. then it just perpetuates that whole shame cycle. And, um, and often I feel like that's when they they don't they stop telling you. Oh, the, the, like, the well, attachment I'm disorder starts you. to kick in and they disconnect even more, yeah. right? Like so. I can't. So so let's just let's just break that down again for for people who haven't listened to that particular podcast about about sex about addiction being an attachment disorder. Um, say, say that again in, in like layman's terms. Okay, so when so I relapse and I go to Ashlyn and say I relapsed, right? But on on that relapse, um, all this stuff hinges because your your worth depends on your sobriety, and so and her connection to you depends on your sobriety, and so and approval person, and you're acceptance enough. and you're okay and you're worthy of love and all of your value, Maybe. your codependent stuff comes from her. And so when you, dude, when, are, are you telling my story? Like literally. <laughs> <laughs> so when, when you mess up, um, what are you going to do? You're going to shame screen. You're going to hide. You're going to disconnect. Half you're going to have truths. You're going to turn the tables onto her because you can't handle it that you messed up because, because, um, now I'm like rejected. I'm, I'm unlovable. Right. Um, I, I'm really this bad person who can't stop this one the, thing. The la- if you're in perfectionistic mode, then the last thing you're gonna do is be vulnerable. You're you're not gonna what when you screw up. You're you're in perfectionistic mode. You should be this. You should be that. You screw up. The last thing you're gonna do is hey, I I want to open up to you and show you who <laughs> I am, right? Right. So <sighs> that was so devastating for so many years for us. So um. So, so that's, that's about relapse. And I think the, the thing that, that helped me the most in recovery was, was, um, I, I want to be delicate with this. The thing that helped me the most in recovery is realizing that there are many metrics to recovery. And what's really actually interesting when I think about this is I tracked the number of months I was sober from when I started recovery until month 29 when I relapsed. Interesting. And since that relapse in December, I have no idea what we're on. I have, I, but, but no, 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 no. But what I'm telling you is, is I don't either. I don't track. I don't, I don't, I don't track the months anymore because, because I had to experience for myself a relapse while in recovery. And yes, that's possible. 
for those of you who are listening, to, to, to realize that I was actually with, I was subconsciously measuring myself as to how many right. months of sobriety I had rather than really, really focusing and owning my character. When, when, when you get your 90-day chip, um, God does not come down and say, here's your worth. Like, you got it now. You, yeah. You've got 90 days of sobriety. Like, yes, you made it. Yeah. Right? And so, you know, we've talked about sobriety versus recovery. Yeah. And, you know, recovery is not about proving yourself in any way. And you think of the word recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, you're actually recovering something. You're not... You're not you're not going to, mm. to build something or prove something. You're recovering who you actually are. Yeah, and, and so... And that uh, might be... Recovering might be synonymous with... In, in the, in not not by, by definition, but by relative definition in, in um, addiction. Re- recovery might also be relative to discovery. Like yeah. as in for the first time, which was exactly... Discovering me. who, you, who yes, you actually absolutely. are. Absolutely. And so, and so if you have a perfectionistic mindset... Then, then you're out to to build this thing, this this person that you're supposed to be. You'll never get to recovery in that way. Yeah. But it, it, recovery is about letting go, and it's about self acceptance. And and with that self acceptance, one thing about accepting who we are, we have flaws, we make mistakes, we we screw up at times, and and it's learning how to accept that about yourself and still maintain that self worth. That's what real recovery is. Mm, that's so, so sweet. That's so sweet. Yeah. Um, so, so let's talk about. Um, let's kind of transition a little bit. Let's let's talk about. Okay, so if you're the if you're the couple who is, in, who's working recovery now, who's who's finding a therapist, who's who's in maybe even specialized therapy. I, ho- I hope that's the case. Um, where can Ashlyn share with the betrayed where perfection or failure can show up if, if they're working their own recovery? as the betrayed. Um, an example will be from our betrayal, our women's betrayal groups that we run. Um, when they do their check-ins, sometimes they're doing awesome at so many things. Like we have a, a list of things that they can do their dailies and then it's recognizing emotions and things. And they'll maybe miss a day of one of the things. And it's like, well, I need to work on that. And I'm like, but you went from zero to like 10, like you're doing so big, you're doing so awesome. And so it's that reminder of like, oh no, no, we're not telling you you're out of the group because you missed a day. Right. Like you do, you missed a day and that's something. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think, you know, I see, I see that. I see that. I see that with the betrayed. I see that with the, 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 the addict a lot. Um, the other thing I see with, with the wives a lot is, um, trying to be perfect. Um, in terms of physical appearance, yeah. you know, per, when, when you take on his addiction and say, this is my fault, then oftentimes shame can kick in totally. and, it, and it leads to perfectionism of, I got to keep the house clean enough. I've got to look a certain way. Look a certain way. I've got a certain amount. Yeah. Yeah. I got to be good enough in the bedroom. I've got to be, yeah. I mean, I got to be a good cook and this and that and this. And it's like, then there's like a bazillion measures of, I got to be perfect or I fail. And, and one failure, and this is how deep shape is, shame is, is one failure can perpetuate this hopeless, I'm not enough across the board where mm-hmm. like, like um, a shortcoming of like 2% can wipe out the 90% of good that's done throughout the day. Yeah. And how ridiculous is that? Right. It, right. It, it, it's not it's even reality. That, that shame is overpowering. Yeah. And 
I was working with a guy for a long time and he he was doing everything that I tell him to do. He just was was he was perfect in his recovery work and he was uh, relapsing all the time. And what happened was I, I I didn't see him for like a year and a half and he came back and, I, and he's like, tell me everything I should do, Brandon. And so I said, no. No, I said, I said no. I you I've given, I love you, dude. <laughs> I've given you the structure. You have it. You can go do it. But that's counterproductive to your recovery. If I give you the laundry list of all your all your shoulds and all your ways you can be perfect, then you're gonna what you're gonna do is you're gonna set out to prove yourself. And if your intention is to prove yourself, then I, I'm not gonna give you that list. You first need to look at your motivations. And he said to me. Look, Brandon, if I don't have shame, if I don't have perfectionism, I won't, I won't be motivated. I won't do anything. Oh, wow. And, uh, and I, I looked at him and I just said, I don't believe that. I, 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 I see you. I, I, I see you deeper than that. You're a good man and you want good things in your life. You, you're comfortable in your shame. You're comfortable with this perfectionism because it motivates you. And that might be the only way that he's operated. That's like, how he ever knows. In life. That's how he knows to, to accomplish things in his life is through this this fear-based, shame-based mentality and to actually believe in himself that he'll do good and he'll be motivated out of a, uh, out of love. That's a whole new paradigm shift. It's like mind blowing. Yeah. So, um, I, I just, I'm a big believer that if if you're listening to this, I want to now remove, if I could reach into your head and extract, but from the roots in your head, the word perfection, I, I, I would, and I would replace that with seeds of progress seeds of progress because if you think i'm just going to focus on progress that gives you permission for margin of error as you grow your skill set of recovery as you learn to love yourself um focusing on progress is that there's and what's what's interesting right is there's nowhere in the in the world not in academia not in the professional world not in medicine um not in uh in in life not in marriage not in religion anywhere that you either have to be perfect or you fail. And I'm not saying that's an absolute because maybe there is, but those are like extreme, extreme exceptions. But for whatever reason, when it comes to being the betrayer of the addicted, we think we have to be perfect or we fail. And it's it's entirely spike and it's complete rubbish. And so um, the idea is, is we need to grow by making progress. And I I just wanna say, you know, we're, what we're not saying to a spouse is, look, he's he's not perfect, and so him relapsing is okay. That's we're not saying Very that. Very good point. Very good point. We're, you know, and hopefully you have boundaries, healthy boundaries, around him relapsing to say this doesn't work for me. Um, but but also understand that there's a difference between him relapsing, and 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 owning it and being in recovery, and and him and him not owning it at all like learning from a mistake i think is the biggest difference in recovery versus sobriety and you'll feel recovery from him when he relapses and your boundary will adjust accordingly and and so we're not saying condone or enable behavior by accepting his imperfections um you know have your own recovery in place but you can love and and you can you can have compassion for someone while you have those boundaries as well and understand that he is imperfect right right? and I to go along with my little snippet I think both of you learning from a relapse is a huge part of it absolutely uh, because 
I haven't reacted the same way. When he relapsed, it was like, oh, wow, this is all, this is so new because I know I have tools now and I've learned things. So I can't react the way I used to. Right. It, it's not hellfire and damnation, right. you know, of like I need to punish him. It's OK. I got my stuff together. Right. I know what I'm doing. And I recognize that you're going to make mistakes at times. Totally. But uh, but I, I, I there are consequences for me. Yeah. Right. So. Um, I, sorry, I feel weird. I feel like that. Kobe has a this microphone. This is a microphone. I'm, I'm the reporter. If you're not watching this, <laughs> go ahead. Um, so I forgot. Um, one thing I was going to say is that we always, I like to end, um, when I'm working with people on this whole all or nothing, whether it's their fitness and nutrition or it's betrayal, trauma and addiction, it's ending your day on the wins, like finding that there was progress in your day that you had some good things that happened and to see the good. And um, I think the other thing is the, we've said it before, but empathy is the end all answer. Mm -hmm. If you have empathy for yourself and saying, I'm not gonna be able to conquer this alone and I'm not gonna be perfect at it and I'm gonna maybe stumble along the way, but I'm gonna be awesome because I'm trying every single day. Mm -hmm. um, and then having empathy for the person you're in that relationship with to say, they're gonna do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I mean, what you're talking about, Ashlyn, is that there's a dialectic here of, uh, you know, we think that um, uh, self-acceptance and pushing yourself to do more um, can't coexist and they can coexist. Um, and you don't have to use perfectionism to push yourself to do more. Um, you can have you can accept yourself right where you're at completely 100 percent and still have a desire to do more. I still have a desire to, to work harder, to, to change this about your life or that, but it's not, it doesn't come from a place of shame. It comes from a place of what you just said, Ashton, which is empathy for yourself. It's self-compassion. I love myself enough to want to change. Um, not I'm, sh I'm shaming myself into, into changing so that I am enough. Right. And if we look at this from like a, from a spiritual standpoint, um, where we fall short, God will make up the difference as long as we're continuing, as long as we pick ourselves up and, and get and, and get back after it and try again. And and that's the cool part. And I felt the heavens move to help me when I've fallen short. And I've realized that 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 God only expects from me what I'm capable of doing. And that's enough. You know what? If we were all born perfect and just, why would we need God? And so I think the the very I mean you think about the very nature of this life we're we're designed to fail yeah. we're designed to break down to to screw up so that without that we wouldn't learn yeah. right. so now we're now we're like waxing like <laughs> philosophical here but 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 it's true I mean we we go against our very nature when we think that perfectionism is an op option yeah so and the whole idea of of change it, it's like recovery for me has been in part about discovery, meaning discovering my own potential and, and, and learning to love who I am from within and ultimately owning my potential that I can grow continually and that I have the potential to um, to be one day, if, if I'm fortunate enough to, to be where God is because I have his characteristics um, that have come in, 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 in large part because of recovery here on earth from this addiction, that, that's a really big thing. And, and that's what recovery is, is about character, um, develop, character development. 
And that doesn't happen because I expect perfection. That happens over a long period of time. And just like, just like the law of the harvest, if you, it, I mean, there's going to be dry weeks and dry spells. There's going to be wet spells. There's, there's no perfect harvest. But um, in, and tomatoes don't just come on once you plant them last week. It right. takes time. Right. And like character development takes time. Recovery takes time. So give yourself permission to make progress and let go of perfection. No, you are perfect in your imperfections. That's awesome. We can always expect that that good stuff from, from Brandon. So, <laughs> All right. Guys, thanks for being here. We totally appreciate you. If you're watching us on Instagram or on Facebook, thanks for, uh, for joining us. We appreciate you guys being here. And um, if you are listening on the podcast, please leave us a review. Love to have that from you. And um, other thoughts? Check out our workshop uh, July 29th in Provo. Mm-hmm. If you want to come up, Provo Library. It's an awesome little place, good location, intimate. Um, it's going to be a great experience. Skill sets for relationships. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Okay, guys. Have a good one. Talk to you later.